everyone and welcome back to our second day here at Freightways Live at Home. Uh, for those of you that haven't been watching Freightways Live TV uh, at this point, welcome to On The Spot, uh, the show where we break down what's happening in this week in the spot market. So uh, with me as always, John Paul Hampstead, our Director of Passport Research here at Freightways. I'm Zach Strickland, the Di Director of Freight Market Intelligence. And today we're going to talk about whether or not we're seeing a V-shape or a more U-shaped recovery pattern in, in the market today. So, JP, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, Zach. Uh, it's a pleasure to be back in the office and to uh, you know get, get a chance to share with our, our audience of Freightwaves Live at home. Um, what we're seeing in the spot market right now is that volumes are, you know, kind of as we predicted a month ago, sort of slowly grinding upward. Uh, they've been flat the past couple days, but over the past two weeks, you know, we've seen just kind of inching upward um, as, you know, bis some businesses begin to resume activities as uh, local and state governments start lifting work and movement restrictions. Now, that hasn't meaningfully tightened capacity, um, especially for drive-in. So tender rejections as a percentage of all contracted uh, truckloads are still you know, around 2.5%, 2.6%. Um, and overall, on a national basis, uh, spot rates are still you know, really low and have gone down, although we're starting to see some signs where that could change. Um, Zach, you want to talk about a few of those lanes where we might see at least some bottoming, if not significant upticks in spot rates? Yeah, the lanes that we normally are watching are kind of the bigger lanes. Uh, you know, the Ontario's, Los Angeles markets, Atlanta, uh, Philadelphia, uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania, Chicago. Uh, these are going to be our key markets to watch because that's where a lot of the volume, a lot of the freight market, uh, you know, either goes into or comes out of. These are hub hub central for a lot of carriers, so there's a lot of shippers around these areas, DCs, et cetera. And right now we're watching really a floor being formed around these markets in terms of capacity. Now, when we're talking about capacity, we reference the tender rejection uh, rate a lot because that's right. basically the end result of supply and demand. Uh, you know, supply and demand both have an equal presence in, in measuring capacity. And right now we're, we watch demand really fall off a cliff and it's starting to slowly pick back up. We've increased back to roughly 7% down year over year volume levels, right. which is not, it's still not close to where it was this time last year. And uh, of course, those of you that remember the freight market last year, May was a tremendously <laughs> depressing month for a right. lot of carriers out there. And w and on a year over year basis, where did we bottom? Um, did we, it was, it, I think it was around negative 14%, is that, is that right? We're roughly about 15% down 15%. year over year, right around Easter. So okay. Good Friday, uh, again, had a deepening impact. Right. Uh, but again, that's that's yeah. kind of false. So it's right. it's more it's like a, a holiday, so. 10 to 11% down okay. year over year impact. So, so we're back up negative 7%. Um, decent volume growth, although it seems like that may be kind of like losing some steam out of those major markets you're talking about. We haven't seen, you know, we saw them kind of move back up to a certain level, but really struggled to continue growing, right? Yeah, and, and a, a lot of this, you know, these interesting nuances start to show up in the data that you pick up over time. The, the end of the month effect, for instance, the th things that you don't really think about when you're operating in the industry, uh, end of the month, end of the day, you know, end of the week, that's kind of your, your tight 
tightest times of the, uh, you know, when you're operating in the spot market. Right. Uh, these are last second uh, orders, et cetera. Quotas have to be made. And we may have seen some semblance of that here at the end of April, even though we're in this pattern now where we can't really apply, you know, previous experience. Right, <laughs> you right. Know? No, that, that, that's, that's really fascinating. Um, Reefer, on the other hand, is still performing pretty well, uh, especially compared to dry van and flat. So, tender, you know, capacity is loose, you know, around, what, 5%, slightly below 5%? Yeah, we're still historically low on both the van and reefer rejection rates. Van, you mentioned, was around 2.5%. Reefer right now is sitting at about 4.7, or actually it's 4.9% today. Okay, it, so it just under up. 5%. Yep. Um, but that was that's a recovery from under about 3.7% uh, this time last week. So we have seen a pretty decent jump in reefer rejections. And we're, at this point, we're well into produce season where we've got, um, you know, strong reefer volumes coming out of Southern Californian markets, uh, Florida as well. Um, I've seen, you know, different, different times, uh, the cross-border markets across Texas, we're, we're doing well. Are there other places in the country where we're seeing um, sort of stronger reefer activity? Yeah, I mean, really, the reefer volumes are actually picking up across the United States again. Uh, you know, it's, it's really hard to discern. You know, it's not all simply produce. A lot of what we track in our tender volume indexes are contract movements, and a lot of that produce freight moves on the spot market. Right. Uh, because it is so inconsistent and the volumes are erratic, you can't really rely on that throughout the year, obviously. Uh, the lettuce, you know, has a about a 90 to 120-day growth cycle out there in California, so you can't... You know, you can say, okay, every quarter you come pick up this freight, but reefers carriers can't just shut down for, you know, 90 days on end. So it's very erratic. It's very disruptive to the market in general. Um, and, and what we're seeing right now, though, is um, nationwide tightening. And I, and I use the word tightening a little loosely here. Uh, ironically. Um, so it's, you know, tightness is relative to where it was this time last week, this time two weeks ago when the market basically had hit a trough. So right. the, the reefer carriers, the reefer brokers out there should be seeing some increasing upward rate pressure right now. Yeah, and it, maybe it's taken them a little bit, you know, time to cover on, on their sort of internal load boards and marketplaces, maybe a little bit of lengthened, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes instead of seven minutes or something like that. But, um, you know, one of the things I think we should talk about is whether uh, national volumes are so low and on a national basis capacity is so loose such that, you know, regional imbalances don't really give carriers pricing power. There's kind of two, uh, you know, topics I want to dive into here. One is, um, I think we have noticed it, at least in, in one example. So uh, there were a lot of COVID-19 infections in meat processing and packing facilities for a variety of reasons. One is the close quarters uh, that the workers um, are, are in. Another one is the fact that these facilities are refrigerated, so blow, uh, cold air is constantly blowing through the facility, um, which is actually kind of what the virus likes. Uh, and there are other things, you know, the low levels of automation, whatever. We, we've seen it, we've seen a bunch of uh, meat companies have to shut down their plants, you know, after uh, suffering hundreds of infections. Um, those have been kind of clustered in the Midwest. Um, sort of in That's your, where the majority of the uh, meat production is in the United States. Yeah, of course. but but you know we didn't see any out of uh, North Carolina, which is a huge mm -hmm. uh, pork state. We didn't see any out of 
northwest Arkansas, which is big in poultry, right. mostly um, in the in the Midwest. And so I'm thinking of states like you know Iowa, Kansas, Nebraska, Indiana, Illinois, places like that. Now we did see a kind of some underperformance in reefer rates from like Chicago to Atlanta, for right. example. So I kind of interpret that as you know sort of the weakness, the, the choking off of demand in that region. Um, you know, kind of reducing the, re- reducing um, prices for for, for capacity, um, and I think I, I, you know I wonder how that situation is going to play out. Yeah, it's interesting too because of the way that the all the food processing works. You know, we're we're talking about of course some of the meat processing plants specifically, but it also is applicable to the entire food the cold chain itself. Uh, right. Up there in the Midwest, you have you know people that now were producing largely for schools restaurants. That's it. fast food restaurants. They they liquefy potatoes before they ship them out. You know, so they, it's a totally different process of moving that freight versus moving the fresh poultry, the stuff that we get in the grocery store. So right. that's what we're hearing about. Is a lot of that um, type of processing has come to an end, for instance, because there's just not that demand there anymore. Right. Um, so that's creating some issues as well. But the you know as it re- pertains to these plants, we're really not seeing you know a lot of demand-driven tightness, you know, in those markets, you know, even though that you're talking about some of those plants shutting down, you're not going to see, you know, as much production out of those markets. Uh, the Chicago, the Midwest, right? For that's what I was thinking. Been, we saw yeah. we saw spot rates out of Chicago right. go down relative right. to other lands, right? And it, but it's it's across the board. A lot of those commissary, you know, the Cisco's of the world that are moving right. a lot of that already produced, you know, manufactured food that we eat from the restaurants and, and fast food. Uh, as gross as that may sound, it's you know it, it's a definitely they're they're having to transition into more of a fresh supply chain, which just hasn't happened yet. You know, there's the other thing I wanted to ask you about, Zach, is that um, you know we're well into the pandemic. We've seen how uh, it's starting to play out, um, and we, we've seen the, we've been able to identify the regions where it's affected people the most. And wh- that region, um, from my view at least, is the north the northeast. So. Four out of the f- top five states for COVID-19 fatalities are in the Northeast. Those states are New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, and um, Pennsylvania. So uh, the other state in the top five is, is Michigan. Now, my question is, will do, do we think that the severity of the pandemic in the Northeast will suppress economic activity such that... Uh, the Northeast returns to its normal sort of, you know, backhaul status, undesirable status for carriers, and therefore carriers regain pricing power on lanes inbound to the Northeast, or is capacity just so loose that uh, it's preventing carriers from getting a foothold in any lane? Yeah, I think your second answer is the obvious one uh, here because you're, you're talking about an industry or a market where we're looking at rejection rates at historical lows throughout the United States. Uh, that just simply means that cares are going to be able are, are going to be willing to grab up everything they can. Uh, you know, I know that the Northeast is, of course, the tra- traditional backhaul lane. Uh, you go into the you know New York City. They don't necessarily go into the city itself. There's a lot of smaller trailers that have to go into the city because it's right. very difficult to operate a 53. And they've up there. made it illegal to park trailers right. on the side <laughs> of the street. Yeah. But there's a lot of distribution centers, a lot of freight that moves, you know, into New York and then it goes further north. It doesn't come back south. Uh, you know, it's very difficult to get any freight. We were looking at a. Uh, you know, the market from Philadelphia going into Charlotte, for instance. So carriers will take 
Charlotte itself is a backhaul market because it is very consumer oriented. There's a lot of you know consumption yeah. there, not a lot of production. You have to right. move outside of the city to really get any you know, or outside of that market to get really any opportunities to move freight. So they're willing to take low rates, you know, going into another backhaul market in that scenario in order just to get south that's and not, have a better chance. That's not a good sign. Yeah. So I think we've talked, we, we've outlined a, a number of reasons why we think the past few weeks of data kind of confirms a U-shaped recovery mm-hmm. thesis, although we haven't gotten to the sort of second, actual, right. the actual recovery part, <laughs> right? right? Fairly flat. Um, is there anything, uh, are there any sort of, uh, you know, as a final question, any factors that we need to consider kind of on the other side of the argument, any green shoots, um, you know, has Detroit started turning back on yet? Are there other uh, places of activity in the country that may be kind of um, contradictory to the U-shaped recovery thesis? Yeah, I think I don't think there's anything necessarily contradicting the U-shaped recovery, uh, but you, I, th- I think it's more, you know, everybody looks at a U, it's a very smooth letter. Uh, you know, you kind of trough out and you kind of, you know, gradually come back up. I think we're going to see more of a stair-steppy, you know, kind of a, an uneven recovery, if you will. You're going to have automotive plants eventually turn yeah. back on. You're going to see a big spike. Then that's going to level out for a minute. And a lot of this, all, of course, depends on the demand side. So like the were, shape of the U is is misleading because yeah. it has a sort of a vertical ascender. Uh, the, and so you're thinking more of a gradual, right. slow grind upward. Exactly. It, it's going to be totally unlike what we saw with the ramp up, uh, you know, with all this, the panic buying. That's your B, your upside down V is what right. we just witnessed uh, right. with the ramp up. And I think that this is going to be more of a, you know, as people start to turn back on, you were talking about the Northeast. Those people are going to be slowly returning to their jobs, returning to right. employment. It's not going to happen overnight. You're going to see these real quick spikes, which I think we just saw our first one, which is good news in terms of the recovery process. Uh, we saw at, at least that bottom being hit uh, for the time being. And now we're starting to see another little stair step forming right. right now. Yeah, my, my worry about this market uh, for the carriers and transportation providers is basically just that, you know, it ha- is it going to be possible for them to get leverage without a strong recovery in consumer spending? Um, I, you know, I think that's unlikely. And so this, this recovery, you know, I wonder whether it's going to be enough. 